We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. You guys know me. That is Ryan Roberts. You guys know him too. And we're here to talk about the commitment of the pending commitment of Devin Houston, a talented four-star defensive lineman from Maryland, originally from Canada. We'll be deciding today between Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State, and others. We will carry that live, and that will be on the other side of a commercial break. So, Ryan, this is a big one for Notre Dame, obviously. They're trying to put together a really special defensive line class in 2023. And from the really the beginning of the staff taking over, this is a kid that was that was part of that, that desired elite class. And Notre Dame is uh, – it, it's been – we're going to talk about kind of how the recruitment went down after his decision – you know, but this is one where the staff has really put in a lot of work, and it's going to be evidence of of this staff's ability to kind of play from behind sometimes, and, and ideally try to make a commitment or get a picket. Yeah, now I think that Devin's a really important commitment as well, potentially for Notre Dame, because you already have the defensive ends obviously on board. You have Keon Keeley who projects the Viper. You have Brandon Vernon who could be a strong side defensive end, could eventually turn into a, a three tech in this defense. And you also have Bubakar Triori, who's a very similar player also in that vein that he could be a strong side end or he could be a full-time three-time right, kind of uh, working board. Let's go to it, Ryan. Joining us on uh, HQ. Can everybody hear? Official, already smiling ear to ear. And can you all hear? Can't imagine yeah. the emotion right now. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations on all the hard work it's taken to get to this very moment. But before we put it on tape, give us an idea of what this recruitment has been like for you. Um, this recruitment has been nothing short of a blessing for me. Um, I mean, just – being able to be in the position that I'm in is truly a blessing. And if you told me probably, I think, nine or ten months ago that I was going to be in this position, I'd look at you like you had five heads. I mean, <laughs> um, just just how fast this recruitment process has gone by and, and honestly how fast it all came into play, it's been truly a blessing. Yeah. Well, it is uh, one that you have earned, and all of those schools behind you are waiting for me to get out of the way. So let's do it right now. The wait <laughs> is finally over. The floor is yours, fella. Let the folks know where you're going to be playing with your college ball. All right. Um, well, first off, I want to thank um, my brother. Um, just honestly, he's shown me what it's like to, 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 to work hard and really chase after your dreams. Um, and um, I also want to thank my parents, uh, my mom and my dad, uh, just for always supporting me. My dad going to the field with me every single day, working out with me and just honestly pushing me to be the best person on and off the field I, I physically can be. Um, and as well as my trainers, um, Coach Cannon and Coach Alvin, you guys have really shown me what it's like to work hard and, and push me every day to be a better person and a better man off the field. As well as um, Coach Rutt, um, I want to thank you for, for taking a chance on me and really letting me come to come to St. James and really letting me flourish and, and taking a chance on me to, to be a, a better man and all that. And as well as Coach D and Mr. Tucker and all the St. James family just for welcoming me into the, the school as if it was my own home home excuse me um as well as just my friends and family and lastly Tonka and Kyle for telling me about St. James and putting me really 
um, on the map, kind of helping me get to the States and really do my thing. Um, but with that being said, I'll be committing to <laughs> the University of Notre Dame. There it is. There it is. It's we are ND for Devin Houston. Congratulations, my man. Uh, An exciting moment and a decision that I'm sure came with a lot of thought. And I want you to take me through that process a little bit. What about Coach Freeman's program made ND feel like the right place for you? Um, I definitely just say the family feel. Um, Coach Freeman, you know, before he even got the head coaching spot, me and him both just had a great connection. And when he got that head coaching spot, he still kept, kept the love the same. And honestly, just what he's doing over there is so special in my opinion. And just how he's able to bring all these amazing players together to play on one team is truly something special. So def- that's definitely the reason why. Well, you get to be a part of something special now as you head to Notre Dame, a special place to play your Saturdays. And that is the top recruiting class in the country that you're joining right now. But I'd be remiss if I did not ask. This is now a house divided. Notre Dame, Michigan, <laughs> a rivalry I grew up within. I know what that means to yeah. both of those fan bases. Did you chop it up with Big Bro? Did you get the blessing? How did that all go down? I mean, my brother personally, like, he wasn't really swaying me to go either way. Uh, he just wanted me to go out happy. Um, and he mainly just said, go where your heart feels and go where, where you know you'll make some noise and stuff like that. So that's, that's, that's what helped me get to Notre Dame. And um, he's, he's not really – he doesn't really care. I don't think he's not, he doesn't care about the rivalry, but he's more happy that I'm happy. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to have uh, not only yeah. this commitment in line, but to have the support of your brother. Uh, it's so great to see a testament to your parents as well who have gotten you both to this point. But your accolades on the field are met by those off of it. I mean, how much did Notre Dame's winning culture in the classroom factor into your decision ultimately? Oh, it was a huge factor. I mean, they always talk about four for 40, and um, I'm, I'm looking in the long run because I know football's only going to last me so long. So, I mean, any, any, any way that I can be in the best position possible after football it was really what I was looking for, and Notre Dame definitely fit that. So that, that was definitely part of my reason as well. Well, as someone who grew up Saturdays going to Notre Dame games <laughs> at Notre Dame Stadium, I can, tell, I can tell you, I can speak for the faithful right now that they're jacked up to have you as a part of this class. But you have the eyes and Thank the ears you. right now of the Irish faithful. Let them know what sort of ball players head to town. Um, I think they're getting a really smart ball player. I mean, a really smart guy, very energetic. Uh, I, don't, I don't shut up when I'm on the field. Um, very positive guy and just a hard worker. I mean, I love to get after it. I love to win. I hate losing. And, yeah, just a great teammate, great person, great leader, great player. Well, we're looking forward to yeah. hearing you make some noise in South Bend <laughs> in the years to come, fella. Congratulations again from us at CBS. Thank you so much. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out trade coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife 
or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And for Irish Breakdown listeners, right now Trade Coffee is offering up to $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and start your journey to perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $20 off your first three bags. There it is, Ryan. There it no is. name has landed Devin Houston. That is a big one, literally and figuratively, Ryan. Let's first talk about uh, a little background. I think, first of all, I want to talk about what he just said. I, I think he speaks to what we have been saying for a while. You know, you talked about even before he became the head coach, the relationship he had with Marcus Freeman, right? We, okay, we're, we're used to hearing that, right? But he made a comment. He talked about – made two comments that that really stuck. Number one, obviously, the, the four for 40 thing, the academic piece, when you sell it right is a huge part of this, right? It, it is such an important thing. That doesn't surprise us. It, but it, it does – look, there are talented players that are big-time players with big-time offers that care about that kind of stuff, as we're seeing. The other comment he made – he talked about the talent that Marcus Freeman is being in, bringing in. And as we've talked about this over and over and over, when you start getting these big-time players in a class, it only makes it easier and easier and easier to add the rest because in football, more than any other sport, in my opinion, top players want to play with other top players. And Devin Houston just said it right there. I mean, even before the academic piece, he had to be asked about that. And, and as you, the kid goes to St. James. If you think about St. James, that's a, a, a really good – Small, private school. You you look at his background, his brother's background. Obviously, academics are very important to him. His brother's a basketball player at Michigan, by the way, which there is no rivalry in basketball between Michigan and Notre Dame that I'm aware of. But the fact that he talked about, at the very beginning, the relationship, then the fact that there's other big-time players that are already in this class. These kids see that. Other kids see that. And, and again, it's going to have an impact as they look to try to fill out this class. Well, I mean, I think you hear me talk about just the game of football a little bit in general, that it's such a momentum-built sport, right? Like, I mean, literally, a one good play can just transpire into a series of good plays, and that could be the difference in a football game. And I think that it's the same on the recruiting trail, you know? It's an avalanche effect. People have been asking us about when the avalanche kind of starts, when the snowball starts, and I, I think that you're seeing it. I think that you are seeing when you're on a good groove and you have relentless recruiters – the momentum is still going to carry. It's going to keep building. And this is not obviously not going to be the last commitment that we see on the defensive side of football this cycle in the class in general, maybe not even on the defensive line. So this was a big, big moment for Notre Dame. I know, Brian, before, you know, we had to obviously switch real quick to get there. I would argue that this one is maybe the biggest left on the defensive line. And that's no disrespect to Jason Moore, because I think that he's the difference between a really good class and an elite class. But what I mean that by that is in a practical approach, because I mentioned before, you have Brendan Vernon and Bubakar Traore. One of those guys is going to fit long-term, most likely at strong side defensive end. The other one's going to be a, more of a three-tech player inside. And you have Keon Keeley, who's the true Viper of the group. But we have seen that there's still – Notre Dame needs to get a little bigger on the inside. And although the nose position in this defense isn't one that you need to be 300-plus pounds necessarily, you still needed a nose, a true nose in this class because – could Brendan Vernon be that eventually? Maybe, but that's still a lot of projection, obviously, attached to that one. I know that Devin Houston is going to be able to carry enough weight where he's going to be 295, 300 pounds with maintaining that athleticism. So this is a really big one for Notre Dame. There's no question about it. I get where you're coming from, Ryan, as far as the biggest. Yep. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I accept it from the standpoint of this is big because from a, the biggest need. I think this is the sure. biggest D-line commitment left from a need standpoint. I still think anytime you can land a player's elite, and this is not – you are not pushing back on this because you and I both agree that Jason Moore is a top 50 player. It just, But this is the – like you said, this is the guy that filled a need, a biggest need, and that is a guy that can play the nose. And is, and we'll dive into the film here in a little bit when we when we break down uh, Devin's game. You know, We'll kind of talk about what we like and what we see and all those type of things, and we'll get into that here in, in a few – but yes, he in this defense, he's a nose. I, I'll say this, and I and, and I'm curious if you agree with me on this. Is, and we'll, we'll again, we'll, we'll see this more when we look at the film. He's a three technique in most defenses that are geared towards 
gap control and you know having guys that can can play that position. I think he fits the nose in what Notre Dame tries to do, but I don't think he's pigeonholed into the nose at all. I mean, there's there's other things he could do. But to your point, I think he's a nose first, then can be a three. And in high school, he plays five technique. I mean, and he's got there's a a play where he he does a really nice inside spin move to get to the quarterback. So I think he's a nose because he fits that what they want out of that position, at right. you know size, power, penetrating ability, ability to close in a football. But he's not a nose in that he can't play something else. And I think that only adds to the value of landing a kid like Devin Houston at this point in time in this recruiting class. And I would love to give your perspective, get your perspective on this, Brian, because I know we have guys, Notre Dame has guys like Howard Cross, obviously, Jacob Lacey, they can play the nose. And they're a little bit of smaller guys, and they have penetration ability, obviously, because of the quick mm-hmm. first step. But that penetration ability is more mm-hmm. as a run defender, right? Like I yeah. think Devin Houston, with the length that he has now, that's going to be able to play nose. He gives you some upside, I think, as a pass rusher from that position that doesn't usually have pass rushing ability. So I think that that's the difference and the, I don't want to call it an upgrade, but it's just going to be a different stylistic approach to playing the nose tackle position. I think Devin's going to be able to give you potential to not only impact the run game, which a nose needs to do, but also have that penetration ability and have pass rush potential too from that position. I'm smiling because I, I just, I like the fact that we're on the same page. here's what I wrote. I just published this literally as you were talking, here's what I wrote in my, in my, in my class impact and my, my commit profile right now, he's an even better pass rusher than a run defender, but with continued enhancement from a technical and consistency standpoint, I see Houston developing into an impact run defender at the next level as well. One making plays in the backfield. I actually think he, yes, you are correct. I think he right now is a better pass rusher than he is even a run defender right now. Yep. Which, which again, in, in the in the run defending pass, but it, there's just some technical things as as a junior in high school. I want to see him improve upon. And from what I understand, he's still pretty new to football. He hasn't been playing football a long time. His family moved from Canada, so you know there's some things to work on there. But the the natural potential is there for him to be a really good run defender. But as of right now, he's a better pass rusher. I mean, they played eight games last year. They play a, a private school league in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia. They only played eight games as a team, so he played all eight games. He had 15 and a half tackles for loss. He had seven and a half sacks yeah. last year, and he plays offensive line, which we're going to watch some offensive line film as, as we go through this as well because there's one particular game, like one of those, you know, those game highlights that they show uh, that that they'll have like on the in, on huddle. There's one where he's playing – it's actually – it's a couple minute long, just a game clip, highlight clip, and and you see him making a lot – some some blocks to kind of show – some impressive ability from him. So I, I agree with you, Ryan. That's one of the things I really like about this kid is I think he, if you can, we t- what do we talk about? If you can rush the quarterback right up the middle, you can be really good. And now you have a nose tackle that I believe can bring pass rushing ability to the table. And he's six, five, and he doesn't have the length of the other guys in the class, but it's still above average. I mean, to me, his length is still above average. And then when you put that on top of a six, five player, like we talk about height doesn't matter when it comes to engaging a blocker, right? It's the length that matters. Where height does matter, and this impacts Notre Dame, is when you're when you're trying to fill a pass lane and the quarterback's throwing the ball, right? Because if my shoulders are already three inches ahead of – if I'm 6'5 and my shoulders are three inches ahead of yours, right, you're going to need to have more than three inches of length on me to be more impactful there. And that's yeah. where I think he adds something as well from a from a disruption standpoint, and and so again, this is a really big pickup. Let's dive into the a little bit of the backstory of this recruitment first, and not because I want to share with people. First of all, Devin Houston committed to interim a few weeks ago, so this mm-hmm. is a kid that's been in the class a little while, and it was a really really impact interesting recruitment because he was a guy that they offered last October. His brother, as they talked about, Caleb Houston was a five-star recruit. He played at Monteverde Academy, which is just a – it's like a even better version of of, of uh, IMG for basketball down there, right? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. They're like nine Division One kids on their team a couple of years ago, including like Cade Cunningham and Caleb Houston and some other guys. Uh, there was a kid that signed with Michigan, Zeb Jackson, who was a backup at Monteverde a couple of years ago. It's really insane. And that's where his brother went. His brother went to Michigan. And I, I love the fact he's like, yeah, my brother doesn't care. <laughs> he's a basketball player. He's not there because he loves Michigan. He's there because he thinks Jawan Howard's going to get him into the lottery. That's why he went to Michigan, you know? Sure. So I, I thought that was interesting. But uh, Notre Dame offered him last October. Mike Elston had built, developed a really good relationship with Caleb. 
like really strong relationship. And before Mike Elston left, we thought Notre Dame was in a pretty good standing with Caleb, you know, where I really thought if they weren't the team to beat, they were at least emerging as a potential team to beat. Visited in January on the weekend of the 29th. And, and yeah, obviously Mike Elson left at you know, one point in time and, and Notre Dame kind of fell behind a little bit because you're starting from scratch. Then there's a period of time where Mike Elson leaves and you don't have a D-line coach. Al, Hugh, or Al Washington comes in. He's kind of starting from scratch. They weren't recruiting this kid at Ohio State, which, you know, I, I think is a mistake, but we can get into that a whole, a whole nother day. But he didn't have, and, and Al Washington was a coaching linebacker, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So he comes in, there's no relationship there. His brother's at Hughes at Michigan. Then Mike Elston leaves for Michigan, who had built that relationship, and Michigan became the team to beat at that time. Notre Dame just kept chipping away pretty early on. Al Washington got on him pretty quickly and just started chipping away and chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And here's the crazy thing. He hasn't been back on campus since January, I don't believe. And so they were able to con- they were able to beat Michigan for him despite not getting him back on campus. He's been to Michigan since Mike Elson went to Michigan because there's a picture of them standing together in, at Michigan. So yeah. Notre Dame was still able to beat Michigan for Devin despite the fact that since you know the changeover happened, he hasn't been back to campus since January. Really, truly impressive job. And it was Al Washington. It was Marcus Freeman. It was Chad Bowden. It was the, I mean, the staff has done a great job. And as always, it's a teamwork thing with the staff. But Al Washington deserves a lot of credit for this. This is now two out. He's now kind of taking the lead in the new coach commit race. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. got now, you know, two really talented players on the board. Obviously, he got, you know, was, was played a big role in getting Bubakar Traore. Now Devin Houston to add to what was already an excellent foundation that he inherited with Keon Keeley and Brennan Vernon. So that's a little bit of a backstory to that recruitment. And then, of course, you know, he commits the weekend of Mother's Day and, and all that kind of stuff. So this is a big one. And this is why we have said for a while that we felt Notre Dame was in the driver's seat because he was one of the silent commits that that we were aware of. So big, big, big pickup for Al Washington. And he's pretty quickly proving to be an incredible force on the recruiting trail so far. Yeah, no, it's, it's really impressive what they, what they have done as a staff with this recruitment. I mean, like you said, the fact that he got back to Michigan, his brother is a Michigan student and coach Elston left from Notre Dame to the university of Michigan. When you cycle those together and you, again, like you said, hasn't been back to Notre Dame since January you would think that Notre Dame would have, I mean, that Michigan would have been in the driving seat, which it seemed like they were. I mean, after they that visit, yeah. I, I was, yeah, well, after that visit, I was a little worried, to be honest with you. I, I felt good about everything that they were, you know, doing with Devin up until that point. But the fact that that was the school that he went back and visited, he has some ties to him. And I think it speaks volumes, the fact that Notre Dame was able to destroy that momentum from the Michigan side of things, despite not getting back on campus. So, yeah, I want to give Al Washington a huge shout out here because I let's say like three out of the last four commitments are from him, right? Brandon uh, Davis Swain. Oh yeah, I forgot about mixed, him. I forgot about Pendleton. kid. Yeah. Yep. Bubakar Triori. And now, of course, yeah. we Sam have Pendle- Devin Sam Pendleton being the only exception. I, I think that's something too, because I, I a buddy of mine texted me earlier today and he, he said, you know, I, I think I, I think Coach Washington gets it. You have to dominate. Yeah, you, ha- you have to dominate in the trenches. And I think there's there's teams that we've seen. That, you know, Clemson won two titles without dominating the trenches on both sides of the ball. They dominated on the trenches on one side of the ball, but not both. But I think Notre Dame is unique in that Notre Dame is never going to be able to out-athlete the best teams. They can they can stack up athletically, right? And, and we've seen them do that. But they're never going to have the depth of just elite athletes. They have to be able to neutralize that, that in the trenches. And that's the thing that's hurt them against Georgia and Alabama in their matchups against Georgia and Alabama is they could not beat those teams in the trenches. And I mean, they, they could just, they could like in 2020, I think when I look at the matchup, I feel like Notre Dame was able to stalemate Alabama on both sides of the ball. Like the, the lines played, did some good things. I mean, Notre Dame ran for, it was about 140 yards in the first half against Alabama or, you know, I mean, they were, the defensive line actually played pretty well. If you go back and watch the film, the D line more than held their own against Bama did the same thing in 2012. The problem is, is that they, that they're not able to, 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 win in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And that's where they got to get to. And so when you talk about the last four commitments coming from linemen, mm-hmm. three on defense, one on offense, 
there's another top Notre Dame target who's a lineman that's going to be making his decision next Friday. It's clear that people are that Marcus Freeman and his staff understand that, look, we've got to not just be good here. You've got to dominate here. And the level of, of talent that Notre Dame has added to the defensive line since Marcus Freeman arrived, because we're excited about the 2023 class, but let's not forget they got a kid named Tyson Ford and a kid named Aiden Gobira that showed up already who are really good football players. And, and it just, it just shows that this, that, 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 like you said, coach Freeman gets it. And that's a, that's a, that's a big, big thing. Big, big thing. Well, well, can you imagine in a couple of years, Brian, because I think the one thing that you talk about with the University of Georgia is, you know, Jordan Davis went 14th overall or 13th overall pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't play a majority of the snaps, right? Like you mm-hmm. take him off the field. Here comes this other great player. I think, do you remember Julian Rochester, who was like a pretty good recruit? Oh, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's yeah. a relegated backup on Georgia this yeah. past year, right? And Jalen Carter and Trevon Walker and Adam Anderson before his incident and Nolan Smith, like they just have guys that they just throw out there in a couple mm-hmm. years. In theory, you're going to have guys like Gobira and Keely and, Oh, they're going to come out of the game. Well, maybe you still have Brennan Vernon out there. Right. If, if they're mixing in particular spots and there's going to be waves of defensive linemen. I think that's where the best teams are built. When, when Alabama has been at its absolute best, they just had waves of dudes. They just waves of them up front. Same thing with Georgia, Georgia this past year, the biggest thing about Georgia was, yes, all really good football players. There's no doubt, but they just had so many of them. It's right. the depth piece to everything. And this defensive right. line in a couple of years is going to be scary for Notre Dame. Especially if they're still able to add Jason Moore to this mix, which they're trying to do. And that look, there's really one D lineman left on the board. We'll talk about that here down in, in a little bit part of the show. But I think our guy Kay Grant loved the super chat. Thank you so much for that. Shopping down a different island deed. Hashtag Freeman. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Then here's something else to, too, to observe about, about this defensive line class that they're putting together, not just this year, but last year. And we've talked about this a bunch, right? It, they, are, they are focusing not just on athleticism and talent, but size. And, and that's the thing is, like, you watch Devin Houston. We'll dive into the film here in a minute. But the kid can move. But he's big. He's 6'4 plus. He listed at 6'5, 270. He told me he's 275. But the thing you got to understand, he plays basketball. He plays basketball at St. James. And, and if you watch his basketball clips, Ryan asked me, what did what did I think of him? I don't think, have you watched him since we talked? I, I doubt it. It was just, it wasn't that long Not yet. ago. Not yet. But it's like, you know, he it, you, show, you, you see his nimbleness. He's got some skill. There's a play where he's kind of driving and he kind of throws a backdoor cut. But and I said he plays basketball like a nose guard. He's just a big physical kid. You know what I mean? But you can see the footwork, right? The, once that, once he stops playing basketball again, you're going to see 15, 20 pounds going on like that. And he's going to be a, you know, six, four and a half, six, five, two ninety plus guy pretty early in his career with long arms and quickness and power. Brendan Vernon's already up probably over 275. Keon Keeley's up to 240. Bubakar Traore's six, four plus 255. He's got a great frame. Jason Moore, six, six, 260. Tyson Ford, six, four and a half, 265 already. Aiden Gobiris, six, six, 230 already and skinny. Like they are adding an exceptional length, not just size, and and I think that 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 is so important in in today's game. And then you look at Alabama and all those edge guys they have; they're all like six four plus with long arms, right? And that's what Clemson has been doing to teams for years, and Notre Dame is doing that now. And this combination of Marcus Freeman and now Washington so far has been impressive when it comes to putting really talented defensive lineman to go. Cause here's the thing. This is the lowest ranked kid they've landed so far. He's the number one ninety two in the player in the country. He's the fourth lowest. He's the, he's of four defensive linemen. He's the lowest ranked. He's number one ninety two in the country. He's a top 200 recruit. Two of the services have him in the one eighties and rivals doesn't have him ranked in the top two fifty, which is silly, but the other two have him in the one eighties. So this is a big time pickup, Ryan. And in, in, in any way, any way that you you look at it, any way you evaluate it, this is a big one for Notre Dame. And I know people always ask us about Harry Heastan, jumping over to the other side of the ball, his ideology to take mostly tackles at the high school level, move them into inside players, interior players. Well, we're seeing that in this cycle right now on the defensive line, Brian. Like all these kids play defensive end at their high school. Like we're not seeing any of these players that play majority in the interior. And it's about projecting those traits. I mean, Devin Houston – I think that on a lot of programs across the country could probably play strong side defensive end. He could probably play strong side defensive end at pinch at Notre Dame. But the fact of the matter is he's going to go from a, f- a flexible enough athlete outside, good enough quickness outside, 
to being a plus player yeah. in both those marks on the interior, which I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Houston, despite, like you said, being the fourth ranked player on the defensive line in this class, if he comes in and he plays a little bit as a freshman because he has interior yeah. rush potential from right. the nose, like that's going to be valuable for him. Right. Right. I, I don't view any of these guys as five-year players. None of them so far. And that's, there's nothing wrong. Like Aiden Gobyer, I could see as a five-year guy just because he's got so much physical development that's needed. But like Tyson Ford and the four kids they have now come in, they're not five-year players in my opinion. Barring injury, you know, needing a medical year, they're not five-year guys. And as Sid Irish pointed out, you know, your, your, your D-line, this class is 6'6", 6'5", 6'4", and 6'5". And the guy that's 6'4", as an 80-inch wingspan. <laughs> so that's Bubakar Traore. So certainly, certainly adding a great deal of size. ABC... I love this. ABC. I'm just going to say ABC Def. I know it's DEF. That's great. Uh, congrats to Devin and his family. Thank you for the super chat. Very, very, very much. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Thank you for the super chat. Michigan fans checking into the ER. Go Irish. I think that's the final piece. Obviously, it's always nice to go beat Michigan for a recruit. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I have nothing but respect for Mike Elston. But look, he chose to leave and go play for the enemy, right? I mean, that's the reality of it. And Notre Dame is now what two and zero against him in one on one battles. Well, actually three and zero because Michigan tried to get involved in Bubakar Traore too. That was he visited Michigan. That was the only other school he visited that I'm aware of. So Al Washington is now three and zero in the last month against Mike Elston. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't enjoy that. Right, and that doesn't mean I don't just I don't respect Coach Elston and appreciate what he did for Notre Dame the last twelve years. I do, but you know when when you make the decision to go play, you know, be with be at Michigan. Sorry, you know, I'm I'm rooting for your, uh, I'm not rooting for your success in that regard against Notre Dame. So big, big, big pickup for Notre Dame, right? And and let's also not forget the simple fact that now that Devin Houston's in the class, Notre Dame has officially gotten back into that, that, uh, that Maryland DC area that we've been talking about them Mm -hmm. tapping into in this class. And now full sights ahead. I think someone mentioned this in the chat. Your defensive line class is basically done. There's one more big cog to the machine that they're going to be targeting, of course. And I don't want to take the onus off of Devin Houston because this is his day and we're here to celebrate his commitment. But now you have one player left in this class. Mm-hmm. That's Jason Moore. And that completes what would be the best defensive line class in the class. And Devin Houston, of course, is a big, big oh, yeah. part of that. Jason Moore would be huge, obviously. And, and look, here's the thing. You've got four guys committed by May 7th which means the staff now can focus all their D-line energy in this class on Jason Moore. And he's going to visit in just over a month, June 10th. Ryan, I know you like where Notre Dame is, but but you know, I'd be curious to get your opinion on this, and, and we'll dive back into to, to Devin here. We're going to watch some film. But I said yesterday that I, I, I think that Notre Dame is the leader, but I don't think they're the leader to the degree that he's not. It's, it's, not, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he goes somewhere else and falls in love. I, I think it's close enough. I, you know, I think they're the leader, but not like we thought with, you know, Devin Houston or, or you know, even some other guys that haven't committed yet. But I, the, now you've got you've got a kid that's not too far from him, another Maryland kid that you're able to kind of say, hey, look, man, look what we're doing. And as as Devin just pointed out, he's like, look what they're building, right? I mean, you look at you look at what Notre Dame's building. With all due respect. I mean, you you can go to Ohio State, and you know they're doing some good things recruiting the D line. But but right now, you look at the twenty twenty one, two, and twenty twenty three classes. They're not out recruiting Notre Dame up front. You know what I mean? And at the very at the very least, it's a stalemate at linebacker. And I would give them the edge to Notre Dame when you put twenty two and twenty three together. Yeah. So uh, you know, you've got a good thing to sell, Jason Moore. Like, hey man, you're not going to be catching no double teams at Notre Dame, buddy. You know what I mean? So. They're going to be too busy thinking about Keon and Tyson and and you know and, and Bubakar and Devin and Brennan and all these other guys. You know you're going to come here where, whether it's nose three five seven whatever whatever position we put you at, you're going to be catching one on ones. Yeah, and exactly, uh, it's a great great selling point. But you had mm-hmm. said something at the beginning, Ryan, and we're going to talk about this as we pull up the film. But you said something at the very beginning that I think needs to be needs to be discussed, and that is. This is a huge commitment from a need standpoint yep. because the thing about Devin Houston is we believe he can be a nose in this defense. I don't think, I don't know if Donovan Heinish can be a nose in this defense. It, it, he can be in the way that Houston, that Howard Cross is, 
but I believe that ideally Notre Dame wants to get more mass up front. And Devin Houston is certainly a huge, huge step to that. So when you talk about need at the position, and then you talk about the fact that Aiden Kaanaana, who was one of the only pure noses on the roster, just tore his knee up, and we don't know how he's going to respond to that and recover from that. And he didn't have a lot of experience to begin with. So uh, having a guy that can play the nose, not a guy that you could move to nose, like Brennan Vernon or Bubakar, maybe they could move to nose if you needed it. But I don't think we ever thought about that was their ideal you know, maybe he could play it, but it's not ideal. I think this, as you project the positions that Devin can play, yes, he can play both inside spots, but I really like him at that no spot. That adds even more value to what he's getting, what you're getting from, from Devin Houston. Yeah, no, I, I think what we've seen consistently across the board for 2023 is I think all these players could project to a couple different spots. I mean, even Keon Keely, who is a preferred Viper, obviously, I could see a world where he's 265 pounds and he could be a strong side defensive end. Like he has that type of profile as well. I like the fact that Notre Dame is purely targeted long athletic defensive linemen that can project to two different spots. There's no true nose quote unquote in this class, but there might be a couple of guys that end up being nose. It doesn't really matter ultimately because we know in this defense that Al Golden's going to be running with the Marcus, Marcus Freeman influence. They are going to want to attack. This is not a, two gap in system. This is not a, we're going to stalemate at the line of scrimmage linebackers make all the plays. Notre Dame's defensive line is going to go after the football. And whether that ultimately means that Devin Houston is a three tech or a nose tackle, or Brendan Vernon is a strong side defensive end or a three tech or a nose tackle, or whether Jason Moore gets into the class eventually, and he is a strong side defensive end or uh, three tech. It doesn't really matter. All I know is that these guys are long athletic and they are going to attack, which I think is, a nice change, a nice change to say the least. And the whole time you've got to worry about the best of the bunch, Keon Keeley on the weak side. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like that's what makes this class really, really unique. And look, getting a kid like this and getting Bubakar and getting Brennan Vernon, and if you're able to add Jason Moore, only makes it easier and easier to make sure that, that Keon wants to be a part of this. Because when you can say, hey, you can go to Alabama and they're not going to have a D-line class like the one you're a part of. You can go to Ohio State, Florida, they're not going to have the D-line class like the one you're a part of. Where else can you almost guarantee that you're going to get one-on-one blocking as much as possible? Bronx ND fan with a Super Chat Saturdays with IB Nation and commitments. Let's, let's make this a habit. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I support that thought tremendously. Ryan, let's do it. Let's dive into some film, all right? So when as you watch this film, we're gonna we're gonna pull this whole thing up here. You don't need to see us. You still don't need to see us. <laughs> You're gonna see Devin wearing two different numbers in this film. He's gonna be wearing number seventy-two at times and number eight at times. That's partly because there are some games where he plays offensive line, and when in those games he has to wear number seventy-two. So you'll also notice Ryan, as you can see right here in this film, right there. That is Devin. He's gonna play a lot of five technique. In this film, a lot on the edge. He'll play inside at times, but he actually, uh, when you when you when you pop in the film, he actually plays more edge in a three down than he does, and even sometimes in a four down than he does uh, playing inside and over the nose. So that'll obviously be something that'll be kind of part of his evolution, but it, kind of growing inside. But I think that speaks volumes the fact that this kid can play outside. Here he yep. is wearing number seventy two. Here he is, is also that's four down front playing on the edge. Now, right there, now that's a Devin 6'4, 265, right? Look at this kid. That kid is pretty close in size to Devin Houston, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that I that that stands out to me about him beyond the size is he has powerful and fast hands. Like look at that. I mean one hand. Ryan, like, look at that. Bam, just knocks him back and, and gets off. His his potential for block destruction as, as more consistency comes from a technique is is enormous. And that's another reason I love him as a nose. Uh, it's it's You might want to block that 72 guy. <laughs> Would be advised. Just Would saying. Advised. This is what I, this is one. Look at this. Look at this burst off the edge. This is a kid that you're talking about being a nose tackle. Now, what you see here is two things. Number one really good initial quickness. Number two, this is why he's more of an interior guy. The mm-hmm. gear, once it gets around the edge, is not what it is with Bubakar and Brennan and those other guys, right? Yeah. That's more of an interior burst right there than it is an edge burst. But There's as a run a defender... A little ahead. bit of hip tightness. I was just going to yeah. say a little bit of hip tightness, which is fine. Yeah. I just think inside. he's a bigger guy. You know, he's just not yeah. that... He doesn't have that speed 
that you see. But look at this. Look at him. Look at him hustling. Love it. That's against. This is against Woodbury Forest. If some of you, uh, a longtime recruitniks, uh, recognize this field and this uniforms, this is where uh, Greer Martini and CJ Procise played high school football. Is who they're playing against right here. Woodbury Forest in Virginia. He can run a little bit. He yeah. can run a little bit. <laughs> yeah. As you can see here, good length, but not the same kind of elite, elite, elite length like some of the other guys. But he's definitely got at least above average. Look how quick, fast his hands are, though, Ryan. This is what I was talking yep. about earlier. They're not just strong. They're quick. Yep. Like, and while, while, while I wouldn't call him, again, the most flexible player of all time, I will say he's he's twitchy for his size, though. He's got really nice bursts for his right. player his size. But I think that that you talk about flexibility. I think that that that's why he fl- fits inside because it fits well. I mean, he does he moves just fine for an interior guy, a three technique or a nose, and that's just another reason why he's an inside guy. He you had mentioned he could play on the edge I, as a run defender, absolutely. Yep. Now this is something that that I marked in my my notes that I want to see him get a little bit better at. He does have a tendency to he at times he gets his pads high. Like this is on his highlight. This is not a highlight. Right. Like this, this is not a great play by him, but that's good. I want to see it. Like he'll, he'll lift up, you know, peeking in the backfield. I like the eye discipline. Right. But he's got to learn to keep those pads low. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that you'll see that from him a few times where he kind of lifts up and, and doesn't quite have the same, um, you know, the same kind of um, get off. Like right here, keeps those pads low and just really eats up ground, gets off the ball in a hurry gets into that kid and just you see him go face to face and then you see that separation where that where that kid just gets rocked back. This kid's really good. And he finishes pretty well at the quarterback too, which I which I like. Yeah, I think he has a really nice closing burst for his size. Yeah. yeah. A little spin this there. Similar number eight. I like this I, move. I, I love defensive linemen with the single digits, by the way. I don't know yes. if you do. Watch the it. watch the left hand on this. As he spins around, he reaches that left arm back to hook to make sure that guy can't get his hands back on him. That's that's a really in, instinctive feel right there with his hands. That's a really impressive play. Really impressive play. That offensive lineman actually does a decent job of staying on him from behind and kind of pushing him from behind and knocking him down. It should be a should be a penalty, but good compete by that kid. Here he is here he's playing off, inside. Yeah, he's playing left tackle right here. So this is an offensive clip. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch some offense later because on offense is when you really see him striking. Like, it's really impressive to watch him striking on offense. He just, he just bench – people say bench press isn't important. I I, I disagree. I, I think the, the, the wide bench press isn't important, but I think one of the most important lifts for alignment is the, is the close grip bench, and that's that's what you see from stuff like that. He's got really strong. He can just rock a guy back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Like you said, I think his biggest plus in the run game down the road is going to be block destruction because he's mm-hmm. just got such nice hands. And then his flexibility inside, especially, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be able to get off a lot of blocks. Yeah. Once the technique catches up to the natural ability, you're going to see him really hard to hard to block. And again, look at the feel for this. Just like you know, this is this is a little tiny kid, but I just look at the footwork, look at the hands. Right, like I'm not I'm not impressed with him winning this because that kid's that kid looks like a I mean, look, kid's itty bitty. But it's it's of being able to evaluate the traits and the tools. That's what you look for. Right. And, and if you just, have the clear advantage, you want him to win. And he won. Right. He won a lot in this game. It was kind of sad. You go watch the the full highlights here. He's playing offensive left tackle again. And I love the fact that he's played offensive line. He actually, I mean, not. I don't think he could play it at a Notre Dame level, but he could play offensive line if he wanted to. Yeah, I agree. He's better, a better defensive lineman, but yeah. In this Woodbury game, he also recovered a blocked punt for a touchdown. I'm not, I don't remember if it was in the highlights or not. 
little slow get off there because he lifts a little bit there. You see that? That's what I'm talking about, Ryan. He just he gets a little bit of that lift, where his, his feet aren't really covering a lot of ground. He let, stands up. But you can still see those hands, man. He can jolt some dudes. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I think, and you can really see it in the individual game highlights, which I would encourage everybody to go watch because there's a lot more of those than here. But the, here's the here uh, it is in the highlight. The thing I like, you listen to him talk, right? And he's a really nice, polite kid. Comes from a great family. I mean, you saw his mom and dad there. Just Ryan, you've talked to the mom. Sounds like a really nice lady. And, you know, I mean, just good background, all that kind of stuff. But then you watch him play and you're like, that doesn't look like the kid I just listened to talk. (laughs) Right. 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 Like really polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. Um, well-mannered, well-mannered gentle voice and then you watch him play and you're like this kid's mean like this kid <laughs> has some ferocity to him like he is he is not nice to these poor kids he's going against watch a couple more of these and then i want to get to the the uh offensive line film look at that that's impressive that's him blocking like goodness gracious the quick you can i don't know if y'all can see it but the quickness off the ball is what i'm looking for here he's got some really nice feet when his footwork is sound, he's got some really nice feet. We're going to watch a couple more plays here, and then I want to dive to the the uh, the offensive line film. I mean, like you said, he's definitely a, a better defensive lineman than offensive lineman, but yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past Coach Easton taking a look yeah. at a couple of these and being like, yeah. hmm. Hey, look, y'all stole Jerry Tillery from me. All right, I owe you one, all right? right. Uh, but uh, with the offensive line class that Coach Easton's going to be putting together, we think this year he may not, he may not have to. I'm going to watch some of this highlights, these highlights here – that of him playing this this there's some defensive clips in here too ryan but it's a lot of offensive line clips and i want you all in this particular game to focus on a couple things number one his foot quickness number two his punch and just his power and you can see his kind of his demeanor right like this is an athletic kid like that plays with some ferocity and the hand strength is just really impressive yep that happened to that kid. He must be shook. Look, this poor guy. I don't know what sniped or something. I don't know what happened to him. He got somebody punched him in the junk or oh, something yeah. like that. Like that's what it kind of looks like. Uh, that's a that's a that's a nut shot. That or or so poked in the eye, maybe. I, who knows? Look at this. This is one of my favorite plays. Watch this. Helmet gets knocked off. He does not give two rips about that. He is going to drive you all the way back to the end zone. Look at that. The ball's at the what the four yard line. Yep. Right, helmet immediately comes off, and he drives this defensive end literally into the back of the end zone. Like, okay, that's not the soft-spoken kid that we just saw on on you know do his commitment video, right? And I love <laughs> I love when that switch can get turned on. I absolutely love it. But this, I really like this offensive. Again, when I talk about liking his offensive line film, I'm not talking about as being an offensive lineman. I'm simply talking about you can see the toughness, the physicality, the the quickness, the hand strength. You know, it's it's a really it's a really impressive thing to watch. Just rocks that kid. Yeah, he doesn't even keep his feet moving either. That's just mm. pure pure that's strength. pure core strength right there. Pure strength. I feel bad for some of these teams because it looks like a little bit of a lower level, obviously. So yeah. a lot of these kids are playing both sides of the ball. Yeah. A lot of a lot of these kids are probably like, oh man, the really rich private schools. Too. Yeah. It's like Sidwell <laughs> friends and like you know what I mean? Like um yep. St. Pius, like these are some really uh uh, a lot of these kids come from uh, good backgrounds. Let's just say that good financial. Let me rephrase that. Good financial backgrounds is what I'm referring to. Right. Just every play, though, Brian. Even when he's on mm-hmm. offense, he just has a man. Just and I feel I feel like his I feel like his punch location is pretty solid too. Like he, he keeps his hands really tight. Spot. Correct. Yeah. He does a nice job of keeping his hands tight. I just kind of chuckled this one because we just got done saying like this kid has doesn't have the length that the other guys does, but and it's true. But look, I mean. It's not so exactly good. a short arm dude, you know. What I mean? no. <laughs> like, no, he's got good length. He's got yeah. good length for the interior. Yeah. Yep. Compared to those other freaks in the class, you know, maybe maybe not as much, but but you can just see they value that, and it's really impressive. I mean, that's a good way to describe it, though. Notre Dame has a bunch of freak shows on the defense. No, it really line just from a length standpoint, it's just it's absurd. It really is absurd. So that's. That's a quick film breakdown of Devin Houston. Obviously, you see size. You see f- foot quickness. Ryan, I want you to watch 
some of that basketball clips later and just see him moving around. Just like, again, he's not a basketball player. But, you know, when you're talking about getting your intramural squad together and you need a big that's just going to go down there and defend block shots and rebound and, you know, knock down the occasional backdoor cut, there's, he may, maybe he's left-handed because there's a couple times he drives to the hoop, catches the ball, and puts it up left-handed and knocks it in, like, you know, at the, at the line or at the, in the lane. But you can see the foot quickness. You see the length. You see the agility. You see the, the demeanor. I think that's another thing. He plays with an edge. We saw that from Bubakar. We saw that from Brendan Vernon. We see it from Keon. We see it from Devin. It's not just being talented, but do you do you play with the intensity that that we need to to have here? And that's another aspect of it that is really impressive. So that that's Devin Houston. That's breaking down his film. So obviously a a, a big time pickup for Notre Dame in a, in a lot of different ways. You know, he reminds me of Brian. I don't know if you like this comp or not, but he reminds me of Sam Mustafer's little brother, PJ. I, yeah. I, I kind of get vibes there. I get vibes. I don't know. A little why. bit more I athletic, think, I think the PJ yeah, was. A little but, bit. PJ's a little bigger, but like the, the vibes, strength, the, power, the yeah. demeanor, the body type. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, he looks a lot like PJ did physically, size wise, as a junior. If you go back and because PJ didn't go to the same high school that Sam did, and I can't remember what high school he went to, but PJ very similar body type. I'd say that PJ was a was thicker. I think Devin's a little bit more athletic. But they were very similar, um, you know. Mike El- Mike Elko did a lot of good things at Notre Dame, like a lot of good things in just a year. But he made two huge mistakes during his evaluation period. He did not like um, two kids in the same class. He did not like PJ Mustafer, and he did not like George Karloftis. I think we actually were in two different classes. But uh, yeah, he did not. He did not like George Karloftis or PJ. Yeah, they were two different classes. But he didn't like either one of those. And he was remember he was putting together that 2019 class. And Mike El- Elston didn't like George Karloftis either. They thought PJ was an offensive lineman, which, wow. yeah, exactly. But they this class this staff didn't make that mistake. And I love the fact that there were people on the staff that really believed strongly that they need to go to five men in this year, and and they fought for it. And, and mm-hmm. I and I like that that they fought for the hey we got a chance to have a a game changing defensive line class because if Notre Dame decided they were only going to go to to four this is a kid they were still going to take it would have been the kid the last kid they got Bubakar that they wouldn't have taken they were going to take Devin Houston because of his positional fit and that but that also says a lot about him that they were willing to not take Bubakar if that if they were weren't going to get the if they couldn't get the five. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to push to five is really just impressive in, in regards to being able to put this group together. So big, big pickup, Ryan. It's a big one. So, and then, you know, we always kind of do go ahead, Ryan. No, go. no I was just going to, I was just going to say to the point of loading up on the offensive and defensive line and numbers consistently, right? Like we know that Notre Dame has ha- has to close the gap at defensive back. They have to close the gap at wide receiver at the skill positions. Like we, we're we're very well aware of that watching them play in Alabama, Georgia, so on and so forth. But the fact it, of the matter is, is that football is always dictated up front. And Notre Dame has continued to do that. Like four great defensive linemen in the class, potentially pushing it to five. Again, this is how the best teams in college football historically are built. No matter what era you play in, whether it is the passing era that we're playing in now or we're in the, you know, the double wing, triple option era in the old days, right? Like it's always one in the trenches. So Notre Dame continues to load up on those guys. I don't think that's going to be an issue for the near future. Yeah. And we always, what we always do on this part of the show, and we'll take some questions here as we wrap up. But what we always do at this part of the show, Ryan, is we kind of do a, so what's next for Notre Dame? And the interesting thing is, is the what's next is twofold. 2023, mm-hmm. we kind of already talked about it, Ryan. It's it's Jason Moore bust. And one of the one of the comments was, you know, now Notre Dame can kind of, you know, put some pressure on other guys. They fill up that they're not going to do that. It's it's they basically said, hey, Jason, here's what it is. Here's the here's what awaits you. Do you want to be on board or not? You know, so there's not any pressure to fill up because there's nobody else on the board. Uh, they've had they offered a kid from you know from Maryland, another kid from Maryland who's a top 200 kid. They offered was it Colton? I forget his last name. Uh, the kid from Texas, Vasic. Vasic. They offered him and and you know liked him, but it's just kind of like, look, we just like these other kids better. And then when they were able to 
make some headway with Bubacar and, and obviously able to convince Devin that, you know, to jump on board. And obviously it's like, look, with all due respect to those kids, we're not going to play that game where we're going to try to pretend that Jason, you know, because Jason Moore's kind of good kid that's good enough to say, fine, if you don't have room for me, peace out. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Like, that's cool. I think what it does is is, is not that it puts – and I think Sid Irish thinks is the one who made that comment. I think he's right in a lot of instances that once you start to fill up, because we've talked about this, you can start saying, hey, man, do you want to be on board or not? It's just that with this particular situation, they're just not playing that game. They're just like, look, man, you know we love you. You know we want you. we got one spot left. It's saved for you. Let's get this thing done. And that's what they're focusing on. So not that that angle is wrong because I think it it works and they're using it at other positions. But in this particular position, I think they chose to go a different direction to kind of say, you know, they did it a little bit early, like, hey, you know, we've got four spots and there's five guys who want to be on board. But right. I think they pretty quickly realized, like, that's probably not the way to go. I don't know if that's the best strategy here. Let's just let's just tell all these kids, hey, you're you're the guys we want. We want all of you. And let's make it work. And and they did that. And I think so far it's worked out. So that's obviously part of it where, you know, now you can all your attention, you know, get Drake and Keon and Brennan and now Devin and Bubakar. And you, you, I mean, you saw Bubakar tweet something out to Devin Houston the other day, right? Or not like Bubakar tweeted out, but like the graphic was made for him and he tweeted it out like they've been doing like, hey, you're next. You know, we saw Peyton Bowen right. and Adon Schuler do that with Christian Gray, which I, I love. But you're going to see all those kids, Preston Zinter, all of them, Drake Bowen. Hey, Jason, you're the missing link. You're it. You know, you're the next guy. So uh, you've got now a month for Notre Dame. You've got a month to really make a splash with Devin, with Jason Moore and and wrap this thing up. I I think that's that's really, really the key uh, at this point in time. So. And Brian, if I, if I could pull up real quick, I wanted to pull up Sid Irish's um, comments real quick. He says, so if Notre Dame gets Jason Moore, did they bat a thousand? Yes. Right. And yes. Yeah, I mean, Cause I think there's, some, yeah, I think there's some positions where you could say they batted very highly, but like there's sure. maybe one guy they would have liked to get that maybe they couldn't get. But I mean, literally this, if they get Jason Moore, that is the ideal class. It also became the realistic right. class. all Cause, in one. Like cause crazy. if you look at like offensive line, Right. Like if they get Monroe Freeling, Charles J- uh, Jagasaw and Sullivan Absher, that's a heck of an offensive line class. But you could say, look, they didn't really bat a thousand because they also wanted Samson Okanola. If you look at receiver, if they get Jaden Greathouse, Rodney Gallagher, Ronan Hannafin, you're like, that's a phenomenal. That's a great receiver class. But they wanted Carnell Tate. Right. So you, you, you did a great job. And, you know, you could argue you batted a thousand of the guys that were kind of on the board, but they wanted other guys. This one, they literally identified these five guys as the guys they wanted. Now, there were other guys on the board like David Hicks and all that, but they like Jason Moore more than him, no pun intended, because he's a top 50 recruit. I mean, Keon Keely and Brennan Vernon were the guys they wanted right away. That's why they the first two commits of the class were last June was Jason was uh, Brennan Vernon and Keon Keely back to back days. They visited together and popped right after. You know, and then of course Devin Hughes has been a guy they've been pushing for. Bubakar. Now Bubakar is the interesting one because Jason they wanted from jump. Devin they wanted for a long time. Bubakar was the one where they went through some other edge players, the David Hickses and some of these other guys on the board, to kind of like who's the guy we like the most, and they and then they went for Bubakar. Now keep in mind this this has been a kid that had been committed to Boston College for over a year. And and they got him, and he's from Mass, and so they were able to flip. You know, he they're primarily the reason that he he decommitted them in Michigan, pushing for him. So yeah, I think you you can make a strong case that they batted a thousand once they zeroed in on okay, here's who we want. They, I I could think you can make the case that they batted a thousand at the defensive line position. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it's a, yep. a good one. <laughs>
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.